Hello and welcome to Bookish Meet the Authors, part of the In the Limelight Network. I'm your host, Nisa, and joining me today is Goddess High Priestess and manifestation expert, um, Rhonda Harris Chowdhury. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, ma'am. Yay. Okay. To talk about her brilliant book, You Are Not Broken, How to Retrain Your Brain, Clean Up Your Energy, and Use Emotional Shape-Shifting to Raise Your Vibration and Manifest Your Desire with Special Attention to Impacts and Sensitive People. That book covers a lot. It does. But hi, Rhonda. Hi. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. I'm happy to have you here with us. So one of my first questions to you is how do you go from crisis to calm in 30 seconds or less and any other um, anxiety calming techniques? Okay, so first with going from crisis to calm in 30 seconds or less, it uses your energy to pull you back to center. One of the things that can cause anxiety is our thoughts are very scattered all the time. You're thinking about work. You're thinking about your kids. Thinking about your significant. Thinking about am I going to have the money to go and vacate? Whatever it is, there's all sorts of things. Always, just on a normal level, your energies are scattered because they're all over the place. And now, combined with the effects of the pandemic, adding to that, am I going to have a job? Can I pay my rent? Am I going to get COVID? Is my are my parents going to be okay? So a lot of people right now, they're just literally walking the edge of anxiety and panic attacks because there's so much going on because their energies are scattered everywhere. And so there's a very easy technique using your own energy to pull your energy back to center and calm you down so that you can focus on what it is you need to do to handle whatever situation that you're in. So the way to do this and I know it's going to sound silly and you may sound sound you may feel silly doing it but trust me okay me and with ready yeah we're going to do it together okay so what i need you to do is to make an l with your fingers like me doesn't matter which hand yeah okay good so now what you're going to do is put your hands right at the top of your head with one on each temple one finger on each temple now you're literally going to pull yourself together So bring your fingers together in the center. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to come down the front of your body, keeping your hands touching the body. Repeat after me. Divine balance. Divine balance. 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 Keep going. Balance. Right down the center. Balance. 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 To the end of the groin. Balance. 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 And balance. Sit for a second. There, how's that feel? Wow, yeah. That's also something I probably should um, add to my things because I do deal with like the anxiety thing and you're saying the racing of the brain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. I deal with that. That's really good. That's something that's very simple. Like I said, this might be feeling silly to do, but once you get the practice of it. Yeah, and it makes you, once you feel better, then you don't feel so silly doing it because- it really can be an effective tool, especially if you know, you're about to go into that board meeting and you're nervous because you have to make a presentation or you're going for a job interview and you really need the job, but you don't want to go in there smelling like panic. Calm yourself down. Or if you just need to calm down throughout the day, I will do that 
several times throughout the day if I feel anxious. Yeah. It really does help to pull your energies back together. Yeah, I feel that because you're not going, like, I say there's a spiral that happens when you get nervous. You, For example, I did something today that pushed me out of my comfort zone. And then the spiral came up. Oh, my God, why did I do this? Why did I do this? This is going to be okay. So it's nice to know that there are things to do to be like, hey, just let go of that. Push that away. Absolutely. Just to calm down. Which is, you know, helps. Um, the other thing is I found interesting is you why do we have multiple personalities and how do we get them to be on the same page okay so all of us have multiple personalities not to be equated with the psychological the actual um diagnosis of having a multiple personality disorder which is that's different but we all do have multiple personalities there's always a war raging inside of us at all times because our various components don't get along with each other. Our intuition will argue with our sense of logic. You know, let's just say, for example, your intuition is, you know what, I need to go to the, a particular grocery store at three o'clock on Friday. I just feel like I need to be there. Something's going to happen. And your logic is going to be like, what are you talking about? We're not just going to go down there unless you give me a reason. So now the two of them are fighting. Your heart and your mind do not get along. Your mind might say, you know what? This partner that we're with is terrible. We're going to get rid of him. He doesn't treat us right. We deserve better. And your heart will say, but we love him. And we have to give him another chance. He's not so bad. I say we stay with him. And usually the heart will win. The heart will trump what the mind has to say. And so if you want to make tons and tons of money, you know, you're doing all this work and set up your vision board because you're going to increase the flow of wealth into your life consciously. Your subconscious, if you were raised in a very poor environment and you've adapted a poverty mentality, your subconscious tries to keep everything the same. The same as like if you're trying to lose weight, let's just say, you know, I need to lose 50 pounds consciously. I'm going to go on this diet and I'm going to get down to 100 pounds this year instead of 150 your subconscious will kick in and say, you know what? We've been 150 pounds for the last 10 years. That's what we're supposed to be. That's normal. That's what we're going to do. Sorry. And so that's why people will start things and then it goes awry or it fails. It'll work for a few days or a few weeks and then poof, it's gone because there's wars going on inside of you. And so what you have to do is you've got to get everybody on the same. And you do that through consciously harmonizing your energies now you can do them all at once if you're that everything is all crazy but if it's something specific i would suggest you do at least your conscious and your subconscious and your heart and your mind so how do we go about doing that it's a very simple thing so just so that you can kind of get an idea of how this feels just kind of you know feel how you feel right now kind of mentally and then we're going to do a um, conscious and subconscious harmonization. So I just need you to repeat after me. You ready? Yeah, ready. Okay. My conscious mind. My conscious mind. Loves, honors, and cherishes. Loves, honors, and cherishes. My subconscious mind. My subconscious mind. And my subconscious mind. And my subconscious mind. Loves, honors, and cherishes. Loves, honors, and cherishes. 
My conscious mind. My conscious mind. And they both work together. And they both work together. In divine harmony and balance. In divine harmony and balance. For my success. For my success. My peace. My peace. And my well-being. And my well-being. Thank you. Thank you. There, how's that feel? Good. I feel like I'm getting a free like therapy session today. <laughs> <laughs> can you feel like a, an energy diff? Can you feel a difference? Yeah. There is a very, it's a calming element here that makes you feel like you're, I don't know how to describe it specifically, but if I were to say it, I feel like you're something aligning, like something trying to align, like, or there's like that bridge that connects between the two. Like I'm imagining a bridge that kind of connects to, to that way there's better communication between the two. Exactly. Basically what you're doing is you're taking out the conflict. Mm -hmm. It's the conflict that makes you like this mm -hmm. or causes things to fail and you might not understand that it's a conflict that's causing your manifestation, what you're trying to bring in to fail. You don't know that you're at war. And so if you bring the two of them together to work together first and then say, okay, now I'm going to bring in all this money or I'm going to bring in a new love or whatever it is you're trying to do, you need to get everybody on the same page first. Now, in a love situation, we need to harmonize our heart and our mind and we do it the same way because otherwise the two of them are at odds when it comes to relationships and so by doing that same basic um my heart loves honors and cherishes my mind um excuse me yeah, my mind and my mind loves honors and cherishes my heart and they work together in divine harmony and balance for my peace my well-being my protection that gets you on the, the two of them and you'll feel better because now they're working together yeah. instead mm -hmm. of trying to pull each other apart. And then you feel better and then things work out better for you if you're in harmony. Yeah, when we started talking about um, multiple personalities, it made me think of that uh, commercial for um, Zillow, I think it is, where the woman is talking to all the different versions of herself, um, helpful me, stressed me, anxiety me, negative me, like all these people. Uh, I mean, uh, the commercial is about buying a house, but the thing is that when you said that, like, oh, yeah, it kind of is exactly what it's like in your brain. I think there's even um, someone made a viral video about all the different stages of like the anxiety and this other things that are, she has to deal with every day. And she's like wearing different clothes for different persons. And it's also like the movie Inside Out, kind of, right? That's yeah. with all the. But that's what I was thinking, like, oh, so that makes sense, because all those uh, had references to pull from to for me to understand more what you were saying. Like, oh, that's exactly what it's like. And then there's also tons of lyrics that say about either you trust your heart or your mind and how they're always at odds with each other. So they are. They're at odds with each other. And so we bring them together. And then also, you know, some people because you'll hear some people follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Those are usually heart based people. But if you're talking to someone who is mind-based, they're not getting it. So we have to bring them together. Bring the two, bring all of your components together. That um, analogy you brought up, the example of the commercial where it's like a board meeting with all of your different selves yeah. arguing, you know, trying to bring them together. That's basically really true, is that we are at odds inside and we need to bring peace and serenity to ourselves it made me think of something else sometimes when i i i feel like i want to do something right i want to do this but then i don't know if it's my intuit either it's my intuition saying no don't do it or i don't know if it's my fear 
trying to prevent me from doing something that I want to do because I'm scared to do it. Well, what you do if you're in that situation where it's like, I don't know, should I do it? Should I not do it? Then what you want to do is you want to go deeper, a little deeper inside yourself and find out how do you really feel about doing about what would the outcome be? So you ask yourself literally, mm-hmm. how would it feel if I did something and, and I achieved this and wait, do you get a feeling of fear? Do you get a feeling of being uplifted? Do you feel good? If it feels good, do it. If it does not feel good, don't do it. That makes sense. Um, so you mentioned something in your book about self-centered. Why, we, why it's okay to be self-centered? You're always told not to be. Now, why should it be and why is it our duty to be self-centered? Okay, so that particular part is for everybody, but it's really a lot of it is for the empaths out there who feel that they just have to do everything for everybody and they cannot get on their own priority list because everyone is so much more important than they are, at least inside. And so I talk to and help a lot of empaths get past this point because what happens is they will help other people. And I've done this. I I happen to be an expert on this because I am one. And I've done this where you will literally help people to your own detriment. Mm -hmm. For example, if I had 20 bucks in my wallet and someone came up to me looking needy and it's like, wow, I could really use like 20 bucks. Could you help me out? Chances are, if I thought they were needier than me, I'd hand them the 20 bucks and worry about me later. That's typically the mindset for people who are overgiving because they feel they have to do this or they do it, or I should say, and slash, or they will do it for what we call secondary gain, where they may be hurting themselves in one way, but on the other hand, the gratitude that they get from that person feeds them or seeing that person do better makes them feel better. So they're still getting fed in one way or another. However, when you keep giving and giving, if you're making all these withdrawals for everyone else, and you're not putting in any deposits into yourself, you end up bankrupt, either emotionally or spiritually or physically or on all levels, because you've done nothing to help yourself. And now you're the one that's in the abyss that needs help getting out. And so if you truly feel that you are here to help people and lift them out of the abyss and provide for them or support them in some kind of a way or fight for the underdog, then if you're feeling drained and exhausted and just scattered, how many people can you really help in that state? Because that's usually the state of mind that empaths will come to me. I'm tired, I'm drained, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, you know, you've got to put yourself first. Well, I can, I've got, you know, yeah, you can. Because if you go down, the whole ship goes down. So it is your duty if you're going to help all these people and be a warrior for all these people and be a support for all these people, it is your duty to put yourself first, make sure that you're strong enough, make sure that you're balanced enough, that you're emotionally secure, that you're spiritually aligned. And then you can help the masses. If you're feeling good and vital and you know clear-headed, then you can help a lot of people. 
But when you're exhausted and beaten down and drained and just, you know, scraping your knuckles on the ground when you walk because you're so exhausted, you cannot. We don't send soldiers out into battle all broken down and tired because they're going to lose the war immediately. We buff them up, we feed them, we train them, we make sure they're strong enough, and then we send them out there. And if they get hurt, we bring them back. We put them in triage and fix them up and send them out again, or we retire them if they're too hurt. But we don't just send them out there like that. And so if you're not taking care of yourself, then technically you are shirking your duty to help other people because you're not in a position to be as helpful as you could be if you made sure that you were energetically strong, spiritually strong, mentally strong, physically strong. You need to do that so that you can do the help that you do. So it is okay to be self-centered. It's, it's sort of like being selfless through being selfish because you're doing this to be of help to others. You're not just doing this so that you can look great and feel great just for yourself and stare in the mirror. You're doing this because you do have kids to take care of. You do have things to do. Maybe you do have a mom to caregive to, or maybe you're in the caregiving business, whatever it is. You need to be launching yourself from a platform of good health on all levels. Otherwise, you're just going to plunge into the abyss. So it's like the on an airplane, put your mask on first before you help someone else. Exactly. It's the same exact principle as that. that. And I also think of the extreme of it will be the giving tree, right? Where you give and give and give to the point that you don't have anything left to give because all you did was give and give and give. Because all you did was give and give. And then you're wondering why you're feeling so sad and lonely and unsupported, it's because you didn't do put those steps in place first. You know, you have to have your own support system because typically people like this will go through life like a linebacker and they don't want to ask for help either because they feel other people need help and they're strong enough to do it themselves. I have, I've been told I'm an empath and I've been, I noticed that I don't, I, I worry about asking for help and being that person that people like becoming a burden to others. But if people want to ask me for help and want me to do something, I'm more than willing to help them any way I can. But to go ahead and ask, it's like, but I don't want to be that person that they're like, oh, she's always, she's so negative. She's always needs help. And I'm like, but when people need me, I'm okay with it. But for to others, I'm like, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah, but see, you're also, when you do that, you are also taking away your blessings. When someone is offering you help or has the ability to help you, then there's no shame in asking for that help because how do you know the universe didn't send that person in to give you a break or to give you a blessing in some way? And so technically, it's like you're telling an angel, no thanks. You know, an angel's like, hey, let me help you out. And you're like, yeah, no, I got this. Yeah, I'm learning not to do that, but it was a while before I realized that no, asking for help isn't a bad thing, but it's that struggle of, oh, I want to help others. And I'm, and then I realized, oh, but I need to take care of myself. If I want to help others exactly. I have to take care of myself, exactly. which brings yeah. to the point as someone who's an empath, one of the things I struggle with is I'm um, blocking negative energy negative or in negative people like that's one of the things i have to work on because i know that i can adapt it more but now that i'm aware of it i always make sure to do, i don't know meditation before i leave the house just to make sure that i'm prepared mm-hmm. so to in order to help you to block other people's negative energy that comes at you which can be 
literally anywhere. You could work and have one of those people that's just always angry or annoyed or whatever, and they bring that energy into the office or a boss or even just standing in the grocery store listening to some woman screaming her kids, you know, and you could see she's stressed out and she's got four kids and she's and she's got a cart full of groceries and she's angry and stressed out and you're standing next to her. She's not deliberately projecting at you, but you as an empath and people who are empaths and highly sensitive will literally feel what she is feeling. And so you have to really take um, some time to learn how to do various shieldings on yourself to block that energy because we do have to function. We do have to go to work. We do have to go to the grocery store. We have to do things, but you don't have to absorb everybody's negative energy. So I'm going to give you a couple of techniques to help you with that. The first one we're going to establish is what I call your safe space shield. That's a very simple one that anyone can do. And what that basically is, if I were to ask you, where do you feel the safest? Like where, where do you just feel, it could be your car and your bedroom, your kitchen table. Where do you feel the safest? My house, my apartment. Okay, so if I were to ask you, it's not gonna work if you're, you're sitting in your apartment right now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not gonna work as well, but. I can tell you my happy place if that helps. That makes it your happy place. Let's do you. We can do that. I want you to feel kind of your energy the way it is just right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Between us, we've got our energy is flowing. Now I want you to go to what you call your happy space or where in your house that's not where you are right now. Do you feel safe? Kitchen. Okay. That's perfect. So now I want you to imagine that you're not sitting in your office right now talking to me. You're in your kitchen talking to me in your kitchen at your table, feeling nice and comfy. You're talking to me from there. How does that feel? Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Not normal. Um, uh, I completely lost the word. I meant I, um, comfortable and like, I know, I know what it is. Like I, I completely lost my, my and a thought, that's fine. Um, well, you know what? Comfortable works. If you feel comfortable imagining you're in your kitchen talking to me, then when you're in the grocery store, imagine you're in your kitchen because that's your safe space. That's where you can. So some people, I ask them that question. It's like sitting in my car. Great. You're not really talking to me in this room. You're actually talking to me sitting in your car. How does that feel? And people will always feel better when they're putting their energy into their safe space or projecting from what they feel is their safe space. Makes sense. It's something that they know. That's it's something that they know it's comfortable and it's your safety net. So nobody can sort of, they can't get you in there. So if you're talking to that angry coworker who's standing over your desk, you know, venting and sending her energy over, you can be talking to her from your safe space and that energy isn't going to get to you as much. That's really important. That's good. Um, the other thing you can do is come up with a filtered type of shielding. I say filtered because a lot of people will put a bubble around themselves. And the problem with a bubble is no energy can get in or out. You're stopping the flow of energy. 
and we need a constant flow of energy. So instead, my favorite filtered screen is a golden fishnet that I will put between me and someone else. And that fishnet will block out whatever anybody's negative energies and it will allow good energies in. You can use a fishnet, a screen door, a fence, a picket fence, a barbed wire fence, something that you can visualize is in between you and that person and it will block their energy. But here's a really neat trick that really works. And everyone who has to deal with negative people should try it. And the way it works is you take, you can either get the little pre-packaged sugar packets, you know, the little sugar packets you'd get in a coffee shop or a restaurant, or you can get one of the little um, Ziploc bags, those little tiny Ziploc bags they put jewelry in. And what mm -hmm. you do is you put a spoonful of sugar in it because sugar has an energy to it. You put a spoonful of sugar in it, or if it's the packet, you don't have to put the, the sugars already in it. Hold it between your hands and say, be sweet to me, be sweet to me, be sweet to me. And you either stick it like in your bra or your pocket. And what will happen is you've energized that sugar, you've put intentions in it, and it will surround you with the energy of sweetness so that when people come into your field, they will be either much nicer to you because they're feeling the energy of sweetness or they'll take off because they can't stand the energy of sweetness. But either way, you'll be in better shape. Yeah, that's some, yeah, sometimes people need something more practical to do, right? The sugar. Yes. Um, and that's actually really interesting. And then the other one, and it's also very helpful, practical advice. <laughs> Uh, what is the importance of developing your intuition to help you improve your life or defend your life? Okay, so one of the things we have to remember is our intuition and our emotions, those really were our first languages. We are kind of, we were taught a separate language as we got older. That's really not in as much harmony as our our natural language. So to give you an example, when you were a baby, you might not have understood the spoken word, but you knew when something was wrong with mommy, you knew something was wrong. The same way a mother will know something's wrong with her kid. The kid can't say what's wrong, but the mother's like, something's wrong with my baby. It's because you are communicating emotions and our intuition were our first forms of communication. You know, again, when you're a baby, you can feel your mother's love as she's hugging you and singing to you. The mom can feel the baby smiling and that, that feeling between them. There's no spoken words there, but the conversation is clear. We love each other. We're supportive of each other. We're here for each other. That's our, if you never learned the spoken word, you would still be able to feel what people are feeling or intuit. But as we get older, we switch over into develop your mind, think good thoughts, those types of things. And the intuition is more pushed away as we're taught to develop our minds. But it's actually our intuition that guided us before our minds were developed on what was a dangerous, when we felt scared, there was a danger there. If we felt good, things were good there. That was what we used to survive. It's our basic survival tool that everyone is born with. 
It's just that it gets diverted as we go to school and then we're taught to focus more on what's going on mentally and we lose sort of our language. You know, I remember taking five years of, of Spanish in school, but that was, I don't know how many decades ago, you know, now all I can say is hola and tell you what time it is because I didn't use that language. I lost it after I learned it. It was, it was gone because I don't use it. And so by bringing that, it's not like you lost it, it's still in there. Yeah. It's just that you're ignoring it because we've been taught to ignore it. You know, go with the facts, look at the facts is what we're kind of taught as opposed to what we might intuit. And so by taking the steps to develop your intuition, which is your first core survival tool, which will help you. You know, here's a good looking guy up. Oh, my intuition says, you know what, something so I would go with him, you know, or I'm thinking about moving to, you know, Brazil to start a business. That feels really good. You know, all the signs are great. Let's go, let's pack up, let's roll, you know? And so by doing that, it can help you pick the right job, pick the right house, pick the right part, really help to set you up for success because it really is your tool that was given to you at birth to help you to do that. Yeah. So we got to kind of dust it off, dust that tool off and start using it again because it is such a valuable thing to have and to develop. Yeah, I mean, people talk talk about trusting your intuition, trusting yourself, but it's hard. I, I think one of the things is struggling sometimes to be able to hear that voice because you're not, again, you're not used to it. You're not trained to use it. You don't know if it's some, what is that, it, that maybe that's what's telling you not to do something. You're out of practice with using it. So you maybe not realize that that's what's going on. Well, exactly. And for those out there who might be saying, well, I'm not psychic or I'm not intuitive or whatever. Yes, you are. And I can prove it. All you have to do is ask yourself, how many times have you told yourself not to do something? Something said, don't do it. And you did it anyway. And you regretted it. You're in. I lost you for a second. I can't hear you. Your microphone's um, turned off. Sorry about that. I was just babbling away. And you froze. I'm like, oh, wait, I have to wait for her to come back. I, you started to say something about intuition and then you got caught. Yes, okay. What I was saying for those out there who feel, well, you know, I'm not intuitive. I'm not psychic. I don't have that gift. Yes, you do, and I can prove it to you. I want you to ask yourself, how many times did you feel you shouldn't do something and you did it anyway and regretted it? That was your intuition kicking in, saying don't do it and you didn't listen. 
On the same token, though, how many times did you have a feeling to do something and you did it and it turned out to be awesome, like the best thing you did for yourself? That was your intuition. You were listening. So you do have it. It's just learning to trust it is the biggest thing. It's, yeah, it's understanding it. It's, like you said, it's learning a language. Maybe a one relearning that language, right? Relearning a language. So you, you hear it, but you don't know you don't know how to fully work it. It's that muscle or like riding a bike or doing exercise. It, sometimes it just takes a little bit more practice to get used to doing it again. Or to, to get it back. It's the same way, like I said, I took five years of Spanish. If I hear Spanish, some of those words are like, I know what that some of those words meant like it'll come back to me i might not understand the whole sentence but it is still it'll come back to me and i realize you know the more i listen to it engage i'll be able to to grasp the language again it's just a matter of of habit and listening and and engaging yeah well this is all incredible information it's also things that are giving some not only me but also anyone who's listening or watching to practical things that they can start doing themselves absolutely now i want to know where can we find you like social media and where can we find your book okay you can find my book on amazon and barnes and nobles um you can find me if you just put my name in Rhonda harris chowdhury or if you put in goddessrhonda.com it will take you to my website i just have to tell you when i started my my business it seemed like a really good idea to name my website healinghennagoddess.com, which is way too long. And a lot of people don't know how to spell henna. So I just have a redirect. If you put in goddessrhonda.com, it will come up. And then you'll see it. Um, Facebook, the same thing, Goddess Rhonda. Instagram, Goddess Rhonda. Don't just Google Goddess Rhonda. You can, but not. please don't confuse me with the porn star goddess Rhonda, who out there so that because i noticed i was like wow there's a porn star named goddess Rhonda, and she's very prominent so please don't confuse me with her but very good to just say. put it into facebook and instagram goddess Rhonda. it will come up and goddessronda.com for my website well thank you Rhonda. it was great having you on the show i wish you continued success everything that you're going to do thank you so much beautiful goddess niece and just so everybody knows i call everybody gods and goddesses not that we're god almighty but because we create our life by our own choices we are the gods and goddesses of our lives so i see you as beautiful goddess nisa and thank you so much for having me thank you um and thank you everyone for joining me and we'll see you next time on bookish meet the authors bye for now